This podcast is sponsored by Prime Super, straightforward superannuation solutions that empower you to grow, manage and protect your wealth and retirement income. That's Prime Super. Go to primesuper.com.au to learn more. Did you always want to be a nurse growing up? Yeah, because um, I get that question all the time and I really don't know really how to answer it. You know what I mean? I um, mm. I kind of um, fell into nursing. I had a um, an ex that um, was studying nursing and uh, I thought um, that it would be a good career, uh, career choice. But mm. other than that, I... That, don't really have an answer to that one. No, but that's a good reason. I mean, um, it shows that, you know, nurses come from all walks of life, I guess. Um, what did you do before nursing? Uh, so I left school and uh, had a gap year and I was um, basically um, wanting to get into um, engineering. Yep. And, uh, yeah. And so but, um, instead you went to uni or you, what did you do? Yeah, so I went, yeah, so I um, went, went to uni, but... Um, yeah, if it wasn't for the the ex that I had at the time, uh, that persuaded me to, you know, because I wanted to, you've got the freedom to travel and, mm. um, uh, you know, explore Australia. Um, so that's why I chose that, I guess. Yeah, that's a good reason. Um, so what is your nursing background? Have you always been a Royal Flying Doctor flight nurse or what? Tell me the, uh, the journey. So, so basically, um, I completed a Bachelor of Nursing and uh, went on to do um, a, a Bachelor of Paramedicine. And uh, after that, um, I also um, did a, a postgraduate diploma in uh, critical care. And I've got a my, – my specialty is uh, intensive care nursing. Right. So, um, yeah, that sums up um, <clears throat> the schooling, the tertiary education that I've – that I've done, mm-hmm. but um, when I was uh, applying for um, uh, paramedic work, um, I got the opportunity to um, do on-road um, uh, high-acuity transfers, and that led me into, um, well, that was basically um, the stepping stone into getting into flight nursing. Right. So how long have you been a flying nurse, if that's the term? <laughs> Okay, so um, almost two years now, mm-hmm. um, I, I started on road with the high acuity um, transfers, doing high acuity road transfers, and then um, yeah, then I applied for um, the job as a flight nurse. And do you have to go through? I'm assuming you have to go through a lot of additional extra training on top of your other tertiary and nursing education. Uh, yeah, so um, we so. Basically, um, you need the right uh, qualifications. So you need to be um, a CCRN for uh, more than five years. Mm-hmm. Um, some, and you need some form of obstetrics experience or training. Um, and I guess um, your previous experience, like for me, exam- for example, um, I've been lucky enough to travel around Australia. I've worked in um, major tertiary ho- hospitals around Australia. I've worked in rural communities, in mining communities. And I guess um, that exposure um, allows you to, you know, become become a flight nurse. Yeah. And so I'd imagine there's there's no typical day like nursing in general. You've got a changing workplace every day. Can you can you try and describe a typical day or a day on the job from lift off to touchdown or what do you go through in the day? So um, you're right there, Connor. Um, there is no typical day. Um, you're always in an ever changing environment. Your day, um, you never know what the day will bring um, and what challenges you may 
incur um, in your day. Um, so basically, when um, we get uh, when a job comes assigned to us, um, there's a lot of planning to do this retrieval. Um, we categorise the patient in either a low, medium, or high acuity, and um, and yeah, basically we contact um, the hospital. We speak to either the doctors or the nurses. We do a um, pre-flight um, on the patient, which gives us more in-depth information about the medical emergency that um, that they have, and um, we slowly uh, start configuring um, the transport. Mm-hmm. So, um, so for example, um, a low acuity um, can be anyone that's requiring, for example, um, they're living in a regional part of Victoria requiring uh, chemo and they have to come into like one of the bigger tertiary hospitals um, in Melbourne for that. And, um, and, you know, you can, and sometimes it's just the, you know, the nana that um, has fractured her um, femur and requires surgery. And, you know, and uh, you might just need to be holding her hand all the way um, and giving her reassurance. Mm-hmm. Um, as for medium acuity, that's, you know, usually someone that's had, you know, some form of a heart attack where they might need a few infusions, you know, some pain medication, monitoring. Um, and like, again, transferring into a bigger tertiary hospital for um, further um procedures that they might need Mm -hmm. and then we get the high acuity patients which um, you know they're the patients that have um, quite a a significant medical emergency you know they are um, either um, ventilated and sedated so basically uh, in an induced coma and um, yeah and once again they are normally admitted to one of the bigger intensive cares in Melbourne Mm -hmm. so um, yeah so we get an array of um, patients, uh, different types of um, uh, patients, depending on their um, acuity. And so your, I guess, catchment area, for want of a better word, is that the whole of Victoria? Yeah, so we um, we fly um, across Victoria, but also we go interstate quite often as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Just so, like the, the, yeah. the places close to sort of the border of Victoria or? Oh, look, we go, we go over the border. We go, we can fly to... Um, like on many occasions, we fly and retrieve patients from Tasmania, right? Um, uh, Western Australia, South Australia, basically um, all over Australia we fly. Right. Um, what's the setup in the plane like compared to, again, my limited knowledge of the actual, I guess, trade or day-to-day of nursing? I guess you have a, a setup that you're used to. What's the setup in a plane like? Okay, so um, our setup, we are configured of, um, we've got two stretches um, in the plane and um uh, and we can take on board two um, passengers that are able to, uh, or patients that are able to sit. So we've got two seats and two um, stretchers. And uh, we are kitted out basically like a, a mini intensive care unit as per the patient's needs. So mm-hmm. it's uh, not uncommon for us to, you know, um, uh, need to ventilate someone and keep them sedated. So we've got a whole heap of infusion pumps. Mm-hmm. Um, and infusions running, and um, and other we can we cater for other medical devices such as ECMO and um, you know if someone needs pacing to be paced and all that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's quite um, quite technical. Yeah, what would be the main difference from nursing on a ward to you know administering healthcare in a plane mid air situation? I guess um, 
There's there's a lot of factors to take into consideration. You know, your ever-changing environment, um, the patient, you know, there's very, very little room for error. Mm-hmm. Um, at 25,000 feet, you know, like you don't have the support. You don't, you can't just uh, land on, you know, on a hospital building like uh, the helicopters do. Yeah. Um, yeah. So a lot of, uh, um, a lot of um, forward thinking is the key to um, safe um, transport of patients. Mm-hmm. Have you had any, any hairy midair moments? I mean, you must go through at least turbulence, but uh, I mean, in two years, is there anything, any sort of incidents that you can think, wow, that was a bit dangerous a bit? Well, look, um, because we do a, quite a thorough um, pre-flight on the patient, um, we try and eliminate all factors that can contribute to any type of uh, emergency. I mean, the biggest one, the biggest hairiest moments would probably be, you know, you get the occasional uh, unforeseen turbulence. Um, I've uh, sent through a couple of pictures of uh, when we were in um, Fremantle and, uh, you know, just the monsoonal weather uh, flying through that. You get a few bumps. um, But I guess um, with the amount of flying that I've done, you get used to all of that, um, all the bumps and all the turbulence and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But... um, Certainly uh, for awake patients that, uh, and you get this quite uh, often that patients have never flown in their life before. Yeah. So they're constantly, you can just see, uh, you know, their, their eyes go a lot bigger and you know that, you know, they're a nervous flyer, but just uh, reassurance. Like, I mean, I do this uh, day in, day out. So, mm. um, you know, just alleviating their anxiety helps a lot. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> and I mean, is it, similar pilots or do you work with the same pilots day in day out or is there like a yeah. roster of pilots or yeah there's a there's a roster of pilots but uh we've got two that we uh always fly with and uh they're very experienced uh pilots and i uh really do trust them with my life mm. that would yeah i can imagine that with that level of trust would build up I mean, yeah. has there has there ever been a time where you couldn't land somewhere, you couldn't access someone, someone was so remote, or like you couldn't evacuate them, or how does how does that work sometimes, or is that where the helicopters would go in, or? Yeah, so um, we're we're lucky in Victoria because um, we cater for um, regional Victoria, <clears throat> so most um, people that live in these regional areas uh, are still not too far from a hospital. So we have the luxury we we always land on a tarmac. Um, not far from, you know, at an airport, not far from the town that they're um, presented to hospital. When it, we're a little bit different uh, than um, mainstream Royal Flying Dog Service where they will have to land in outback on unsealed roads. So we don't get that um, excitement here with uh, working in Victoria. I like the way you say you don't get that excitement. I mean, you're still flying around saving people, but it's not too exciting. Um, yeah so what would you tell someone who is thinking of joining the royal flying doctors and nurses look um it's an absolute um amazing job um look i'm grateful um for getting the opportunity to deliver this type of healthcare to the community um look um for anyone that wants to um get into doing flight nursing it's um you need i think you need um an array of uh, exposure like working in regional um little hospitals remote um area nursing um and also you need the tertiary qualifications so if you know being a ccrn 
that you know so basically what i'm saying is you need to have to be a jack of all trades to be able to um fly with the royal flying doctor service mm-hmm. is there anything you wish you'd been told before you joined up um uh, look any heads up sorry anything like any heads up or you know oh look um all i can say it's um it's what you think it is plus more eddie warzak thank you for joining us thank you connor thanks for your time